Transforming care through genomic medicine, personalized therapeutics, health services and outcomes research, and innovations in healthcare delivery. We're Children's Mercy Kansas City, presenting our audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Hi, uh, you're listening to Transformational Radio. My guest is Dr. Josh Petrikin. He's a neonatologist and director of neonatology and genomics at Children's Mercy Kansas City. He's also an assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri Kansas City School of Medicine. Dr. Petrikin, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Based on your bio, you're a very busy man, aren't you, Josh? <laughs> well, it feels like it, yes. <laughs> let's let's start with a real simple question. What exactly is rapid genetic testing? Sure. Well, um, standard genetic testing, uh, the sorts of things that is still common today but that we've come to expect from the last 10 years or so is usually sequencing of uh, one particular gene using standard Sanger sequencing. And not to be uh, too technical about it, but Sanger sequencing is uh, how we originally sequenced the human genome, and that was a project that took more than a decade and billions of dollars. It's very uh, accurate, uh, but relatively slow. And uh, as anybody that's sent away for gene panels or particular uh, genetic testing knows, uh, you get results in weeks to months sometimes six months or more. So rapid genetic testing is, uh, is really anything faster than that. And more specifically, um, what we're able to do in our investigating here in Children's Mercy Kansas City is rapid whole genome sequencing, where we have the ability to sequence the entire genome of a patient, um, uh, do the actual sequencing and interpretation in... Uh, as short as 50 hours, and we're wow. actually pushing that to see if we can get it to about 24 hours. I mean, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's pretty amazing, considering that, you know, at one point, it would, yeah, as you mentioned, it could take weeks to get a result. So that's, that's all. Who, who actually should get this done? What kind of patient yeah. are we talking about here? And, and, and what's, what's the end, end goal here? What's the value of it, really? Sure, that's an excellent question. And, uh, it's an excellent question because uh, we don't really know the answer yet. We, we don't know exactly who the perfect patient is for this test. Uh, the technology is amazing. It's, it's close to magical to be able to sequence uh, more than 3 billion base pairs and make sense of that in just a couple of days. But who it's most appropriately targeted for... Uh, right now, with the with our experience and the paper that we have out, I would say uh, I'm a neonatologist, so I think in terms of babies. But uh, an infant that is critically ill, uh, has a high acuity, and uh, is not responding in the typical ways you would expect for an infant with their presentation, uh, and in whom the team feels there's likely an underlying genetic diagnosis. In a, in a select population like that, uh, we've found that uh, we can get a diagnosis of rapid whole genome sequencing in, uh, in around half of those cases. 
But if you use this test in a, in a broader population, uh, less ill children, uh, less acute presentations, uh, we're not exactly sure if there's certain presentations that would be um, uh, more well-suited for this test than others, and that's one of the things we're trying to figure out. Tell us about Ensight, uh, the newborn sequencing in genomic medicine and public health study. Certainly. So this is a uh, NIH-funded uh, multi-centered trial uh, that is trying to figure out the most appropriate use for rapid whole genome sequencing uh, or whole exome sequencing, which is related uh, in the care and screen of infants. Now, that's broad, and it's a lot of terminology, but um, there are four main sites and a couple of, uh, of secondary sites, and we're all doing looking at different aspects of using this technology in the care of children. At our site in Kansas City, we are uh, trying to determine the answer to your uh, earlier question, uh, on which babies um, is this test best suited for? Uh, does it make a difference? Uh, in their care and in their outcome, and uh, and how should clinicians use this test in the future uh, if it becomes um, uh, readily available? That's an interesting question, isn't it? You know, so here you have an ability to sequence the, the entire genome in in right. a in a critically ill neonate. It, it, so the question becomes, how is that then uh, applied to the treatment, and, and, and what kind of outcome might you see? So that is a part of this Ensight study, looking at who's who's the appropriate patient and what, what outcome uh, might come from this type of application, correct? That's absolutely correct. Uh, I uh, And that's the part of the Ensight trial that I'm most involved with. Uh, I guess I need to mention that there's three segments to the trial. One involves advances in the pure technology and ability to interpret all of this data, uh, which I leave to uh, to the magicians or bioinformatics folks. <laughs> and there's a third segment that is really investigating the ethical uh, uh, issues involved with getting this information and data and what do you do with it and what do you report back. But um, the... The part I mentioned is part two, and that is uh, how do we use this information? How do we select patients? And does it make a difference in their care and their outcome? Um, We think it will. We think it should. But uh, can we prove that? And can we uh, more finely target which patients this would be most appropriate for? So what do you think is the future of genetic testing? I mean, now that we're able to sequence a genome so quickly, uh, where are we going with all this? Um, that, uh, that's a great question. I, I sometimes fall back on, um, on uh, an analogy from the Jetsons. Uh, you know, growing up watching the Jetsons, <laughs> they had flying cars. Uh, and I remember thinking, well, I want my flying car. Where is that? Uh, and I feel like genomic medicine... Uh, hasn't lived up to the expectations uh, from the early 2000s when we finished the first, the rough draft of the human genome. We're still waiting for our 
the genomic version of a flying car, where's our tricorder? Where's our ability to just rapidly uh, target medicine informed by an individual's particular genomic sequence and epigenetic changes? And yeah. I don't think we're ever going to get flying cars, but that's not my area. I do think precision medicine really is right around the corner. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, and this is my opinion, so... Um, I'll just speak for myself. I think that we're not far off from having access to our own genomes readily available uh, on something not much different than a uh, thumb drive. Uh, and we will seek medical care with a set of symptoms and signs, and hopefully providers uh, will be able to take those symptoms informed by our own individual gen genome and make uh, treatment recommendations uh, that are uh, most optimal for us as individuals. I think yeah. that's the future, yeah. and I really don't think it's that far away. Well, you're not alone, Dr. Petrick. I mean, that's <laughs> obviously the best way to, to treat somebody is to know exactly what it is they have, what exactly it is they need, what drugs are going to work. I mean, that's all where the ge genetic testing comes in and be precise and personalized, right? I mean, I think that is the wave of the future. It's exciting, and you're right in the middle of it. That must be awesome. Dr. Petrick, and I want to thank you for coming on the show. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy, Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike. Have a great day.